Portions of the following program may be pre-recorded. The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. You drink deeply of Jesus. Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Come and draw from the well of salvation. Be made clean, let Him wash you in truth. He is the fountain of living water. Come and be made new. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. He can refresh you in the desert where your sin left you lost on the brink. He is the fountain of living water. Come to Him, dear sinner, and drink. water of life you will never thirst again let all who are thirsty come to him will you drink deeply of Jesus will you come to the water of life you will never thirst again let all who are thirsty been lost in the wilderness, chasing nothing but sin and death. He is the fountain of living water. Come to Jesus and live. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. We've all been barren at some point in our life. And we've learned that barrenness is just a part of of how things are. We don't have the car we want. We don't have the house we want. We don't have whatever it is our heart is desiring, and we feel barren. We want it. That's not the kind of barrenness I want to talk to you about. Barrenness can cut very deep into our soul. It can cause us to anguish before before Almighty God. Cause us to weep and cry out. The story I want to share with you. Elkanah. He's a highly respected man in Ephraim. He has two wives, Hannah and Penea. Penea is flush with children. Hannah is 
Baron. Now, this is not a short-term story. Year after year after year, the family follows the same ritual of the Jewish sacrifices. Year after year, this man goes up to worship and sacrifice to the Lord at Shiloh. Hophni and Phinehas, the two sons of Eli, are the priests of the Lord. Now, part of the joy of going to Shiloh was offering all of the prescribed offerings to the Lord. And on some of those, you retain the meat. You burn the fat portions, but you retain the filet mignons and the other steaks. And so, Okana, he would separate the meat. And he would give portions of the meat to his wife, Penea, and all of her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he would give a double portion of the finest selection of meat he loved her. She was the love of his heart. But then this very terse statement, the Lord closed her womb. She was unable to bear children. And that caused her as the years went by, increasing sorrow and pain. The Lord had closed her womb. Why would the Lord close her womb? Well, it happened to Abraham and Jacob, their wives, their wombs were closed. God will do what he has to do to accomplish his purpose in that in that life. And some of those closings of the womb are exceedingly painful. The Lord has, has allowed my hip to be shattered. It's very painful. It's painful not only because it's painful, but it's painful because it just shuts me down. And my life is over. And I have no hope of ever being able to accomplish anything in my life again. Can't go places. Now been in the fourth month of just resting on the couch traveling around the house a little bit with a chair that I keep my balance with. Some of some of the Lord's closing of things of course Panea is always there with a ready lip say something harsh or nasty, belittling, bragging, trying to cause trouble because she knows that Elkanah loves her more than Panea. But Panea has produced all the babies, so by rights, Panea should be the loved one. She's not. Year after year, they would go up and offer the sacrifice. And year after year, the same thing would happen. They would have the special meats handed out. And 
Hannah couldn't eat. Her heart increasingly sorrowful because she could not give her husband a son. She wanted to give her husband a son. Then she thought, I'll be accepted. I'll be loved. Didn't realize she was accepted and loved without the son. I want to say something that may surprise you. God will step into the situations in our life and he will increase pressure and the sorrow. He will accent that sorrow until it seems it has consumed us and it's all we can think about. What does God want? Why am I barren? Why am I in this situation? Why is my husband sick? Why is my wife sick? Why, why am I losing my child? Why have I lost my job? Why am I hated by portions of my family that caused me great anguish of heart? Why am I so barren, God? When will you change this, God? I need you, almighty God. You know, I've learned something about God. It's really hard to hear him talking when he's not speaking. But when God wants to say something to us, he'll speak very clearly. And we'll know what God wants. Some time ago, after I was injured, one or two o'clock in the morning, God hit me with what seemed like an electric shock. And I was wide awake. And I knew it was God. And I said, Lord, what is it you want? And he very clearly told me what he wanted. That I needed to correct a mistake that I had made a number of years ago in relationship to a family. And he wanted that corrected at great expense. Okay, Lord. My mind from then until it was time to get up was churning. I was awake. I was saying, I don't even, even remember. What was that name? What happened? What did I do? And he laid it out for me. This is what you did. And it was wrong. Now correct it. Make restitution. Wow. Now, the truth is, you're either going to do what God told you to do, or your barrenness will only increase. Some of you don't really understand. You don't understand that God is very close to us, and he rules over us. And you may be totally unconscious of that fact. Doesn't mean he's not doing it. He brings punishment. He brings words of knowledge to us, instructing us in what we're to do. And we have a choice. We can either do what he's told us to do, or we can say, no, that's just foolishness. In which case, our barrenness only increases. I've spoken with older senior citizens. And they're weeping and bemoaning their situation. Well, I know why they're in that situation. They have determined to be barren because they have refused the word of the Lord to them. They have not obeyed the word of God. 
They're clueless. One man calls me and talks about his marriage. And he's in a miserable marriage situation. I'll say something to him about it in the way of understanding. And he'll take just the opposite meaning. Doesn't want to hear. So his situation grows more and more desperate. He'll finally lose his wife and his child. He'll be barren. And he'll go searching for another to fill that empty spot in his heart. Grieves me. Let's go back to the story. The Lord has closed her womb, it says, twice in the scriptures. And Penea is provoking her year after year until she, every time she goes to Shiloh, and the expressions of love are given to her by Penea, or I'm sorry, by uh, Elkanah. Sorrow only increases. That's God increasing the sorrow of her heart. God wants something. And if we're unwilling to give to God what he wants, he'll increase the pressure until finally we throw up our hands and say, okay, God, what do you want? What do you want? I've kind of done that with with my broken hip. I've said, Lord, Okay, I know why it happened. I'm aware of why I've not waited before you as you instructed me. What do you want me to do? Well, finally, after doing this year after year, When everyone had finished eating and drinking and everyone began to get up and go their own way and get ready, it's time to leave and go home. In her heart, she said, I can't just go home again. I've wept until I had no more tears. I've cried out to God until I had no more crying out. in deep bitterness of soul. She went one last time, the Shiloh Tabernacle. And there, Anna stood, barren, feeling totally rejected by God. What can I do? What can I do? What do you want, God? As she stood there, prayed, O Lord Almighty, If you will only look upon your servant and see your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son. And I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life. And no razor shall ever be used on his head. Something changed. Dramatically. She now is no longer saying what she wants for herself. She is saying, I will 
I will give him to you. She has made a vow before Almighty God that if he will give her a child, she will give that son to the Lord. The way out of much barrenness, the way out of much anguish of heart, is to go to God and say, Almighty God, I will give you, I will give you what I've been hanging on to. I will give him to you. For what mother would it be easy to give up a son, the firstborn? That's a a vow that goes beyond human understanding. But it's a result of year after year after year, having God not hear her prayer, but he heard, but he waited. He was waiting for that sacrifice of that son to be given to God. God needed a man-child to raise up as a prophet righteous before the whole land. God needed that. Needed that son for the life's sake of Israel. And right in the midst of that, Eli sees her. This was before he totally lost his sight. He sees her. He can't hear her. Her soul is too broken. She's out of words and tears. Eli observed her mouth. Anna was praying in her heart, and her lips were moving. Her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, How long will you keep on getting drunk? Get rid of your wine. Not so, my Lord. I'm a woman who is deeply troubled. I've not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I've been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. Eli said, Go in peace. And may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. May your servant find favor in your eyes. And then she went her way. She ate. Her face was no longer downcast. Something has happened to her. She has finally said, after all these years, God, I will give you my son. You will give me a son. Give him to you. Are you aware of what you've been hanging on to in your life? Maybe, maybe year after year. Will you give God what he's been after for years, perhaps, in your heart and in your life? You give him your wife? Give him your husband? Will you give him your son or your daughter? Will you give God what he wants? Will you give God your own heart? Well, and I made a vow this morning. It's not a new vow. 
but it's one we renewed. The vow is, Lord, if you will restore me, you will heal this broken hip. Then we will go wherever you send us. We will say whatever you tell us to say, and we will do whatever you tell us to do. We will not go or do anything ever again that is not directly given as a command by the Lord God of heaven. The Lord heard us. And I will be healed. The next day, they all got up early and worshipped before the Lord and then began the journey back home. I'm sure that that Hannah was a different woman, filled with joy and hope and expectation. Now, Penea could say anything she wanted to say to her, and it didn't matter. For she knew the Lord was now going to give her the child that she'd asked for, and she knew that she was going to give that child to the Lord. Hannah made love with Hannah, and the Lord remembered her. Hannah conceived, and at the appropriate time gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, heard of God, because I asked the Lord for him. When the man, Elkanah, it's time to go again, she said, No, I'm not going to go this time. After the boy is weaned, I will take him and, and present him before the Lord, and he will live there always. Do what seems best to you, Elkanah, her husband said. He was a wise man. I like him. Stay here until we've weaned him. Only may the Lord make good his word. So the woman stayed at home and nursed him till it was time to wean him. After he was weaned, that means no longer nursing. She took the boy with her, young as he was, along with a three-year-old bull, an ephod of flour, and a skin of wine, and brought them to the house of the Lord at Shiloh. And when they had slaughtered the bull, they brought the boy to Eli, and she said to him, As surely as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who stood here beside you, praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I ask of him. So now I give him to the Lord. For the whole of his life, he will be given to the Lord. They worship the Lord there. Then Hannah began to pray a wonderful prayer of of rejoicing in Jesus. My heart rejoices in the Lord. In the Lord, my strength is lifted high. 
My mouth boasts over my enemies, for I delight in your deliverance. You might as well have said, My mouth will boast over Penea. It was such a miserable, miserable piercing of her heart. Year after year after year. Now she has a son. I'm sure Penea could not even begin to understand giving up a son particularly the oldest, to live at Shiloh. Then she says, there is no one holy like like the Lord. There's no one beside him. There's no rock like our God. Verse 6, the Lord brings depth. And makes alive. He brings down to the grave and he raises up. The Lord sends poverty and wealth. He humbles and he exalts. He raises the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap. And he seats them with princes. He has them inherit a throne of honor. For the foundation of the earth are the Lord's. Upon them he has set the world. He will guard the feet of his saints, but the wicked will be silenced in darkness. It's not by strength that one prevails. Those who oppose the Lord will be shattered. He will thunder against them from heaven, and the Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. Then Elkanah went home. With Hannah. But the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli the priest. Oh, my brother, my sister. Things were not good at Shiloh. I haven't been to Shiloh, but I've seen pictures of what's left there. It's a very rocky place. They had pens set up with rock fences. Then they had chutes down which they would bring the animals that were to be sacrificed. Of course, the tent of meeting is gone. You see the remains. Things are not good there. Eli's two sons are wicked men. They have no regard for the Lord. So literally, she has brought her son into a pit of vipers. And who will guard him? Who will... Train him. Holy Spirit will. That was the practice of the priests, which the people, when they would come and they'd offer sacrifices. While the meat was being boiled, the servant of the priest would come with a three pronged fork in his hand and he would plunge it into the pan or the kettle. And the priest would take for himself whatever the fork brought up. This is how they treated the Israelites who came to Shiloh. 
But even before the fat was burned, the servant of the priest would come out and say to the man who was sacrificing, give the priest some of the, of the meat. I want to roast it. He will not accept the boiled meat, but only the raw meat. He liked his meat raw or rare. If the man said to him, let the fat burn up first, and then we'll take whatever you want you can have. The servant would then answer, no, hand it over now. If you don't, I'll take it by force. The sin of the young man was very great in the Lord's sight. For they were treating the Lord contempt. At the same time, little Samuel was ministering before the Lord, a boy wearing a little linen ephod. Each year his mother made him a new little robe and took it to him. Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife, saying, May the Lord bless your children by this woman to take the place of the one she prayed for and gave to the Lord. Then they would go home, and the Lord was gracious to Hannah. She conceived and gave birth to three sons and two daughters. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord. Eli, who was very old, heard about everything his sons were doing to all of Israel, how they slept with the women who were serving at the entrance to the tent of meeting. So he said to them, why are you doing such things? I hear from all the people about about your wicked deeds. No, my son is... It's not a good report that I hear spreading among the Lord's people. If a man sins against another man, God will mediate for him. But if a man sins against the Lord, who will intercede for him? Sons, however, did not listen to their father's rebuke. For it was the Lord's will to put them to death. You know, this is one of my favorite, all-time favorite stories. When you're barren, when you're broken, you've got to get to God. You've got to hear what God wants to say to you. Don't trust in your own righteousness. Don't trust in the silence. You've got to get to God. I've been saying this all week. You've got to get to God. Some of you are barren because you don't see any way God is really wanting to use you. You you live a mundane life. You share the gospel as you can, but nothing happens. There's no healing of their hearts. There's no restoration of their families. Got to get to God. A young man yesterday wrote a message. I need money. Young man, if you're listening today, It's not money you need, it's Jesus. It's Jesus you need. It's not drugs, it's not money, it's not lifestyle, it's it's Jesus you need, and you need to make a vow to Jesus that you will do whatever he asks you to do and go wherever he asks you to go. Say whatever he asks you to say. 
Hannah made a vow. She gave this boy to the Lord. And he continued to grow in stature and favor with the Lord and with man. The Holy Spirit was very carefully guarding this young man. The word of the Lord had not yet come to Samuel, even though he was probably sleeping on a little bed in the holy compartment. Now a man of God came to Eli and said to him, This is what the Lord says. Did I not clearly reveal myself to your father? When they were in Egypt under Pharaoh, I chose your father out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest, to go up to my altar to burn incense and to wear an ephod. In my presence, I also gave your father's house all the offerings made with fire by the by the Israelites. Why do you scorn my sacrifice and offerings that I I prescribed for my dwelling? Why do you honor your sons more than me by fattening yourself on the choice portions of every offering made by my people Israel? Understand, he should have had his sons punished, the first indication. They should have been removed, but he was unwilling to discipline. Some of you are unwilling to discipline your sons or yourself, and the sin of your life only goes higher and higher and higher in contempt against the Almighty God. Some of you who are watching this broadcast today are committing fornication or sodomy, and you've come to think nothing of it. Some of you who are watching are into pornography or drugs. Some of you lie without even thinking twice about it. Lies just flow from your mouth as easily as water. Some of you who are listening, you don't take time to worship the Lord. You don't take time to read his scriptures. You think everything's fine. I'm I'm good to go. I can watch what I want to watch on television. I can watch the worldly movies. I I can watch whatever I want. I can do whatever I want. Really? You show such contempt for the Lord God of heaven? Why do you show contempt? Oh, you've got all the knowledge about your salvation, and you're sure you're on the right road, and and you're going to make it to heaven. Are you really? Eli, the man of God, won't discipline his sons. Some of you won't discipline your sons until today. They are utterly without the possibility of discipline. When you would not cry out to God, to have his heart changed or her heart changed. So today, there's no hope. Now, may I say something to you? There is always hope. But first, you're going to have to get to God. That son can be healed. That son can be changed, transformed. That daughter can be turned back from her wicked lifestyle. That homosexual daughter or lesbian daughter or homosexual son, that can be changed if you'll get to God. But you're going to have to get to God. But you have your lifestyle. You have your your entertainment. You have your good food. Fast for a week? Are you kidding me? No, we have our lifestyle. We're Americans. So God decides, I'm going to kill your son. 
Don't tell me God won't do that. That's exactly what he said about the sons of of Eli. I'm going to kill them both. They're dead men walking. I'm going to take them out. Why do you scorn my sacrifices and offerings? Far be it from me, the Lord says. Those who honor me, I will honor. And those who despise me will be disdained. Do you think that that has no consequence, real time, in time and space and history? Are you kidding me? Some, God will just let them go. And when they die, they'll go straight into hell. Listen to this. The time is coming when I will cut short your strength and the strength of your father's house so that there will not be an old man in your family line. You will see distress in my dwellings although good will be done to Israel. In your family line, there will never be an old man, every one of you, that I do not cut off from my altar. We spirit only to blind your eyes with tears and to grieve your heart, and all your descendants will die in the prime of life. He's speaking the reality of what he's going to do in judgment. You think you can just flip God off? You think you don't need to get serious with him? Oh, pastor, I can just turn you off. It's over. You can't turn God off. You can't just turn the radio off. You can't just turn off the internet and say, oh, it's okay. It's not going to happen. I'm going to go about my life. No, you can't turn God off. He's the judge of all the earth. And if you show contempt for him and you refuse to repent before him, thank God there are Samuels today. You may be a Samuel. You want to love God with all your heart and all your soul. You want to obey him in every way possible. And you've made the vow, I will go where you send me. I will do what you tell me, even though it terrifies me and it takes everything that I have. I will give you everything that I possess in order to obey your commands. What happens to your two sons? Hophni and Phinehas will be assigned to you. They will both die on the same day. And I will raise up for myself a faithful priest who will do according to what is in my heart and mind. I will firmly establish his house and he will minister before me, my anointed one, always. Then everyone left in your family line will come and bow down before him for a piece of silver, a crust of bread, and plead, appoint me to your your priestly office, so I can at least have food to eat. Oh, my brother, my sister, your heart barren today? Did you lose that child you so desperately wanted? Is your womb barren? And is your heart broken? One couple, I knew they wanted a child so badly. So I went to them. I loved them. I said, look, I have one way that you're welcome to try. I'm going to give you a prayer cloth. And I want you every night to lay the prayer cloth on the womb of your wife. 
And I want you to pray until you hear from God. I said, oh, we'll do it, Pastor. But a short time later, they disappeared, and I haven't heard from them again. I know why. They don't want to pray until they hear from God. Now, there's nothing magic about the prayer cloth. It was simply a way to focus their attention on the womb so they would know why they were crying out to God. Then I heard later through friends that they are trying to go to doctors. and A very expensive choice. She works far too many hours. She's exhausted. She'd rather work far too many hours and be exhausted and go to the doctors and get a quick fix and try to have a child that way. If your womb is barren, go to God. God is the specialist in opening the womb. Just as I said, okay. I will go to God with my broken, shattered hip. And I will hear from God. And I will pray until he answers my prayer. And then I will have a testimony to share with others that God will answer your prayer. doesn't matter how long it takes. I'm not after time. I'm after God. I'm after Jesus. Is it painful? Oh, very painful. Does that matter to you? No, it doesn't matter. One, I owe it to me. Jesus suffered for me. Now I go to God. If you're barren, if you're broken, you're losing your wife or your husband, you lost your baby. You've got to get to God and pray like Hannah and make the vow that God wants you to make and give to God what he's asking you to give. That's all the time we have for today. I love you, my brother. My sister, I'd love to see you. Come see me. Come to the National Prayer Chapel on Sunday. Write to me, National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Go to our webpage, National Prayer Chapel. Give online. You can listen to this message again. I do love you. And I'm praying for you. God bless you. I'll talk to you soon.